You are listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Hey, welcome, everybody. This is so exciting. Aiken Campus, we love you. Matt Steelman, we love you. So excited about everything that God has in store for Aiken, South Carolina. Um, welcome, everybody. I'm so glad to be with you guys at, at church today. And um, as we begin uh, our time together, um, I just felt impressed to pray for one specific thing that I was feeling this morning. So what I would like to do, this is going to be a little bit off, off topic for what I had planned this morning, but I just, I, I, what I'd like to do, could you, would you join me in prayer for just a moment? Every head bowed, every eye closed on all of our campuses, I feel a specific burden for parents who have maybe some late teenager or 20-something or 30-something children who have walked away from God. And right now, here at Anderson, at every campus, if that's you, if you're a parent of a child who's walked away from God, would you just raise your hand? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Okay, there's lots of hands here in Anderson. I want us all to knit faith together for a massive homecoming. Abba Father, you see the pain that we carry here and your word said, one generation shall commend your works to another. And so God, I'm just calling on you in your promises today that the spirit that you have put on these, the parents in our house, the spirit that you have put on them and the word, your word that you have put in their mouth, that it would not depart from their mouth or their children's mouths or their children's children's mouths from this time forth and forevermore. I pray specifically for any child born inside the New Spring family in 99 or 2000, 2001, those early years for us, that they might come home and take their rightful place as inheritors of this new thing that you have in mind that you're doing right now. Bring them home, God, and let them take their spot and let them commend the work of God to their parents. We thank you, God, and we believe with our own eyes in the days ahead. Let us see it. Come and work some miracles for us, God. We're desperate for you. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Everyone, would you join me now as we pray just through the Lord's Prayer at the beginning of, of our time as we get ready to unpack the word of God. Every campus, would you lean into this and pray this with me? I'm gonna take every line of the Lord's Prayer and just break it apart and we will, we will pray it together here at the beginning. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, you are holy. What a wild and wonderful thing it is to know you as Abba and also to know you as the God of the universe over all things. So God, for us, we lift your name high and we say, holy, holy, holy is your name. Let your name be declared and upheld as holy in my body, in our church, in our state, in our nation, and around the world today. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, in all of our homes and all of our families, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I said you would do that for every city where we are. 
Yes, Lord Jesus. Do that in every city where New Spring Church is in South Carolina. A special blessing today. God, for Bluffton, we ask that on that high ground, that set-apart ground, that ground that had been waiting for a church to be for years, that you would let the light shine right there brightly. God, we bless Bluffton in Jesus' name. For Charleston, the holy city, God, we just ask for a wave and an outpouring of your spirit that would bring forward the full color of the kingdom of God in that region. God, for Myrtle Beach, we ask that it would be the outpost of your compassion there on the coast. We thank you, God. For Florence, we pray a blessing from a father to a daughter, the beloved daughter of God, Florence, South Carolina. Thank you, God. In Northeast Columbia, that that sacred and special ground, Lord, that it would be an outpost of your shalom today. For our Columbia campus, right there in the middle of the city of the dove, come Holy Spirit, would you do something new and miraculous right there in Columbia. God, for Aiken, the winter colony, the place of your power, God, we ask that your power and your rest would be there in equal measure. For Greenwood, the city of the teachers, the city of priests, God, that your word would be venerated and would go forward. Thank you so much, God. For Spartanburg, Lord, we bless that city and ask that you would raise up an army of people who will carry the word of God. God, for Greenville, unity is Greenville's spiritual inheritance. Would you let it spring up everywhere and let what you do in Greenville flow all the way down to the coast. God, for Powdersville, I thank you so much. This Powdersville feels like the secret weapon, that, that place of power. And so God, I pray that humility would, would be the banner over the door and that you would raise up people, intercessors and prayer warriors there. Thank you, God. For our Clemson campus, I bless it in Jesus' name to be a truly apostolic place, a sending place to where people from all over the world come and experience friendship with God and then are sent to the ends of the earth. We bless our Clemson campus. And right here in Anderson, the electric city, the city that historically was the first in South Carolina to ever have power, electric power, let your power, God, rise up and be turned on here. Would you do it, God? Do it, Lord. God, we give this church right back to you. This new thing that you're doing, have your way. We submit and humble ourselves before you. King Jesus, you're the head of this church. And we ask, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. God, would you do something brand new with all of these requests that we bring to you? Give us what we need today. Would you forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us? God, would you let forgiveness just be the atmosphere of our church and the atmosphere of your people? Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, would you protect us from the evil one? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And everybody said, amen. Man, thank you guys for going there with me this morning. Um, I wanted to let you guys know and also to be praying. We have a, a team of our, some of our staff and some folks from Aiken who are actually doing a mission trip right now to Fortaleza in Brazil. 
And uh, so this is John Shelton, who, who uh, knows a lot of Portuguese, because that's where he lived for a little while. This is amazing. So he's, he's there. So if you guys are thinking about this, I want you guys to pray for Cam and Deuce Sullivan, who are our missionaries there, and uh, for all the good work that's going to be done. They're going to be praying for people, and it's, it's just going to be a miraculous thing. So let's, let's knit ourselves together to pray uh, for them. Amen? All right, y'all. Hey, look at this. Hey, um, I got a question for you guys this morning. And I want to ask you to, to think with me on this question that I like to think about this question a lot. Who is the greatest of all time? Who's the greatest of all time? Who's the GOAT? You think about it in an NBA context, I mean, immediately you think Michael Jordan. That's right. That's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, some of y'all said LeBron James, which I'm, I'm cool with that too. I mean, like, it's a contested battle. You know what I'm saying? Who is the greatest of all time. I mean, when you think about Michael, when you think about LeBron, you think the shoes, you think the rings, you think the MVPs, you think the scoring titles, you think all of those things. Who's the greatest of all time? Who, when you think about it in football, Tom Brady, I mean, it immediately comes to mind. Greatest of all time. When you think about tennis, I think about Novak Djokovic and you think Federer, yes. You think about, I mean, yeah. You, th- you think about Serena. You think about football, soccer, Messi. I mean, does anybody else come close? Who is the greatest of all time? Certainly when we think about it from an athletic context, there are lots of names that begin coming to mind, which is kind of a fun thing to think about and dialogue, debate with, with all of your friends, right? My, you know, I played sports in high school, but also am a musician as well. So when I think about greatest of all time, I think guitar players, right? Like, so, so for me, you know, I mean, my brother and I used to talk about how it was, it was pretty much a uh, mathematical equation you could prove to somebody how Eddie Van Halen was the greatest guitar player of all time. And the reason why we said Eddie Van Halen and not Hendrix or Clapton or anybody else was that prior to Van Halen, no one sounded like Van Halen. After Van Halen, everybody sounded like Van Halen. So that's one way you can know you got a hold of the greatest of all time. You think about it, the bands, is it the Beatles, is it Led Zeppelin? Some of you guys have never even heard those words before. It's okay. Get thyself an education in classic rock and roll. Um, Who is the greatest of all time? You know, each one of these greats, they had keys to their greatness. Whether it is LeBron sleeping 12 hours a night in order to protect that eidetic memory. I mean, that's a huge part of his flow into greatness, or Novak Djokovic talk about how his friendship with Kobe Bryant was really important to him, and the Mamba mentality was the key to greatness for him. And also, Novak, I mean, like, the diet this guy goes on, I mean, it's, un- it's unreal. I mean, he allows himself one piece of chocolate a year on his birthday. So that's a key to that greatness, right? So you think about, you know, I mean, all the different things, the keys to greatness that these greats espoused. I mean, I even think about like, you know, Usher, praise the Lord, we got some good music coming for the Super Bowl. Usher does a thousand ab exercises every single day except on his birthday. I mean, that's a key to greatness right there, right? Imagine what it would be like to be friends with these people. I mean, like, you know, sitting with Taylor and and Travis Kelsey's mom in the box. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? That sounds like a fun time on an afternoon on a Sunday. Like, you guys get what I'm saying? The question of who is the greatest of all time is a thing in our society and our culture. We think about it. We catalog it. We have our own picks as to who we think is 
the greatest of all time. We know what makes them tick and what their keys to greatness are. Now, allow me to introduce into the discussion Jesus of Nazareth, who in his beginnings, we certainly would not have had any sort of claim to greatness whatsoever. Born in a manger is food for sheep. He lives in obscurity as a builder for 30 years. Has a very brief ministry career here in Israel, doing some pretty amazing things, teaching, working miracles, pouring his life into, you know, just a handful of people, not going anywhere quickly or having necessarily a global impact immediately. I mean, he walked everywhere he went, right? Except for that one ride on the donkey, I suppose. When you think about the greatest of all time and you look back down the corridor of history, no one else compares. When you think about what has been built in his name, inspired by his legacy, think art, architecture, engineering, education. Think of the things that have benefited society just because of this one Jewish man so long ago. Does he qualify in the discussion? the greatest of all time. I you know, was talking with Trev about this earlier and he just posted this question for me. I think that he caught somewhere. He's like, where is Caesar right now? Where's Genghis Khan? Where is Alexander the Great? They are all brothers and sisters in the dirt. But there is one in that discussion, Jesus of Nazareth, who is not. I have been to the place and let me tell you, that tomb is empty. He is the greatest of all time. More benefit and more good has been done to this earth in his name than by any other human. Now certainly, there have been some pretty bad things done in his name, right? Misused. It's very clear to see that that's human power and evil working against using a good thing in order to make it evil. But Jesus Christ himself has had a greater impact on society than any other person. He is the greatest of all time. I mean, if you even think about it, when you look at the Bible, the Bible gives us this impression that Jesus, in fact, is the greatest of all time. He is the goat. Think John chapter one paints the picture of creation saying, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him and without him was not made anything that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's fast forward a little bit further in the New Testament to the Apostle Paul, who writes in Colossians that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, whether thrones or rulers or authorities. All things were made by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the church, the firstborn from among the dead, so that in all things he might have the supremacy. He is the greatest of all time. He is the greatest of all time. Fast forward a little bit more into the beginning of Hebrews. Long ago, in many times, in many ways, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. 
But now in these last days, he's spoken to us through his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things and through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He is the greatest of all time. So what would Jesus say is his key to greatness? What would he pick out among all the things to tell us what defines greatness for him? Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 20? verses 26 and 27, because Jesus makes it very clear. His disciples, James and John, the sons of thunder, they were arguing about this. They were like trying to be like, hey, who's gonna be the greatest in your kingdom, Jesus? Because they saw greatness on them. It was a thing that they couldn't completely understand. They wanted to know, what's the key? And Jesus made it clear for them. He said this, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. For greatness, Jesus has one key. Be last. Be last. Would you write that down? Let's those two simple words define what Jesus would say is the key to greatness. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church of Philippi. So if you go through the, the New Testament, you find this book, Philippians. It is such a treasure, you guys. I'm gonna send you on a journey into that thing. It really is sort of known as the letter of joy, the joy letter. And so for all of us here today, I'm telling you, I mean, everybody could use a little bit more joy in these days. Am I right? I mean, you know, you see what's happening on the news, everything that's going on in the world. Oh yeah, sure. I would like a little bit more joy. That's great. Go check out Philippians, brothers and sisters. It will bless you. So I just want to give that to you. So in this joy letter, Paul, who's writing from prison, is trying to communicate to this group of Christians, honestly and truly, how to live, how to walk the path of Christ, how to embrace this key to true greatness. And so I wanna draw your attention to a, a part of Philippians chapter two that I feel like will give you a clear picture of that. So would you turn to Philippians chapter two, starting at verse three with me, and we'll take a minute just to enjoy this together. Philippians chapter two, starting at verse three. This kind of explodes the idea of Jesus' key to greatness, this be last mindset It helps us to get an understanding of the path of Christ and how Jesus would not only uh, demand this of us if if we would follow in his pathway, but he lives it out. Philippians chapter two, verses three and following. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, everybody say therefore. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When you first read that passage of scripture, when I first read it, I see this musical journey that happens. You see the first beginning parts of it are this sort of instructive beginning moments that lead into the, an understanding of the pathway of Christ. It is down into this valley. Think of the heights of which he descended. I mean, this man, this God man, Jesus Christ, who upholds the universe by the word of his power, who stretched out the farthest stars, whose power is completely limitless. The universe itself is a reflection of his nature and character, speeding outward at the speed of light, encompassing everything. I mean, think of the size, just the size of the universe is a dim reflection of the size and breadth and power and imagination and creativity of God. And think about, he let that go. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. Think of the descent. When Jesus invites us to be last, he's not asking us to do a thing he hasn't already done. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. So when Paul gives the instruction, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, look not only to your own interest, but the interest of others. He's pointing us toward the life of Christ in an example of where to get power to do that and how countercultural it truly is. It, is. it is backwards. It's absolutely backwards. One, one point that I wanted to give you guys that I, I forgot to mention here is that in a me-first world, a be-last life is truly different. You just remember we were talking a few weeks ago in our series in Daniel and First Peter, citizens, that a different life makes a difference. This zooms in on it here for us at this particular moment in our church's history and says, in a me first world, a be last life is truly different. And we all know that those who will live differently will make a difference. This is the cry of Gen Z. This is, this is their thing. We have to change the world. We have to make a difference. They are calling all of us across the generational timeline. It's time to stand in our place to make a difference. And what Jesus Christ would tell you is the key to that is being last. In a me first world, a be last life is different. It's different. So when we think about this passage in Philippians, what it shows us is that selfish ambition and rivalry are not the path of Christ. It shows us that every time I get a paycheck, if my first thoughts are going to all the ways that I can hoard and keep everything that I have, that's not the path of Christ. Every single way that I would try to embrace getting ahead in life, if it is not following the path of Christ, ultimately, it's gonna fail. Because Jesus has a clear pathway to greatness, and it is being last. So, can you imagine what it would be, friend, what it be like to be, you know, friends with one of these greats? You know, to maybe even try to embrace one of their keys to greatness. I'm just here to tell you right now, 
if Lee McDermott was filled with the spirit of LeBron, I would not be able to do what LeBron could do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all of these other greats that we were talking about earlier, if I tried to like get near them and learn from them and do what they do, I can't, I can't do that. Most of us feel like we're just ordinary people. Like greatness, what is greatness for me? I just, I work my nine to five, I have my family. I, did, I mean, what are you talking about? One of the things that makes Jesus the greatest of all time, that separates him from all the rest, is that he actually invites us to share his greatness. That because of his death on the cross and his resurrection, when we put our faith and our trust in him and we believe in him, he invites us into friendship with God. He invites us into a friendship relationship that is so transformative that it becomes a pathway even for us to share in his own greatness. This is something that no other great can offer. This is a thing that totally sets him apart. And you know what happens in your friendship relationships, right? I mean, like, true friendships transform you. You start wearing the same clothes and talking the same. You have the same inside jokes. I mean, like, this is just what happens in a friend group. Jesus' invitation to be last is an invitation into friendship. It's an invitation into friendship with God. And so that's the thing that I really just sort of want to break down walls that we might have about what it means to be great, what it means to be, to make a difference in the world. Because that invitation into greatness is not just for us as individuals, it's for us as a church. Years ago, I'm just gonna be honest with you guys because I've been here since the very beginning of our church. We walked in a considerable amount of pride and hubris. And we, even though we might've given lip service to the idea of being last, we were very committed to me first. Building our own kingdom and building our own name. And God has been so kind to us through the years to grant us grace to see that his kingdom is so much better than anything we could build for ourselves. And so brothers and sisters in these days, we have an opportunity to think, how can we engage in the path of Jesus Christ in being last as a church? Over the course of the next few weeks, you're gonna hear us talk about more and more ways we can give and ways that we can serve. It begins with this mindset that true greatness is following the path of Christ whose key was to be last. And so the thing that I wanna invite you to do very practically over, honestly, for the rest of your life, but especially over the next few weeks, two weeks ago, I talked about the ancient daily prayer rhythm, praying in the morning, praying in midday, and praying in the evening, praying the Lord's Prayer in the morning, praying for the lost at midday, and praying gratitude in the evening. And so what I would like for each and every one of you to just go in with God is when you wake up in the morning and you take your cup of coffee and you pray through the Lord's Prayer, I want you to ask him, Lord, what does be last look like for me? What is the mindset that I need to have? How can I view my resources, my finances, my time, my gifts, my energy in a way that will bless the world around me? At midday, when you stop to pray for the lost, when you stop to pray for those who are far from God, I want you to pause and say, God, would you just speak to me? and show me how I can be a blessing to the world around me in how I give and in how I serve. When you close out your day with gratitude, 
I want you to pause. And after you have said thank you to God for all the ways that he's taken good care of you, I want you to pause and listen for his voice and ask him to show you, how can I give? How can I serve in a way that helps me walk further into friendship with God and the path of being last? Let's do this prayer rhythm together. Let's do this prayer rhythm together. I'm not gonna sing the song again, I promise you guys. Meredith sang it so well last week, it's amazing. Nobody needs any more of that. I hope it's already an earworm, you know. I'm so tempted to sing it right now, but I'm not gonna do it. Let's embrace this ancient daily prayer rhythm. It is a vehicle to get you more of God. It is a pathway for you to enjoy friendship with Jesus. And as we follow this pathway, he will reveal to us what being last looks like for us in our own homes, in our communities, together as a church. This is a part of our inheritance. This is what it means to overflow. So let's do this. Would you stand with me on every campus? Ministry team members, I wanna go ahead and invite you to come forward and to, to get in your place. I just wanna say thank you, ministry team members. Wow. For those of you who serve communion and who pray for people, I, I just wanna tell you thank you. So I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, just say a few words and pray for us and then hand it over to a leader at your campus. So why don't we do this right now? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna speak this blessing over you before I hand it over to your campus. Abba Father, would you interrupt us today? Would you shake us out of our normal pathway of thinking? And would you invite us, God, into friendship with you? King Jesus, will you whisper the names of those who you would like to have a friendship with? Would you whisper to them? For anybody who is hungry for more, would you grant it? Hear our prayers, God. Come and have your way. Thank you. Jesus. Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina.